section two of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds section two a conversation pass we over another month eight weeks having now elapsed since the six prisoners were first consigned to their dungeons and four weeks from the date of those visits the description of which has occupied the two preceding chapters it was between nine and ten o'clock in the evening and the blackamoor was seated in his apartment looking over some letters when caesar ushered in dr lascelles good evening my dear sir said the blackamoor shaking the worthy physician cordially by the hand be seated and caesar will bring us a bottle of that claret which you so much admire i am delighted that you have at length found time to give me an hour or two in order that i may enter into full and complete explanations of certain matters i understand i understand interrupted the doctor good-humouredly your theory has proved to me more practical than i expected but i shall not say any more about it until you have given me all the details of its progress and before you begin i must observe that the case which took me out of town six weeks ago and has kept me at brighton all the time has ended most satisfactorily i have effected a complete cure i am delighted to hear tidings so glorious from you doctor said the black a case which had baffled all the physicians who had previously been concerned in it is now conducted to a successful issue by yourself it will wondrously and deservedly increase your reputation great as that fame already was my dear friend replied the physician without for a moment seeking to recall anything unpleasant connected with the past i must inform you that galvanism was the secret of the grand cure which i have effected but let us pass on to another subject exclaimed the doctor hastily as if considerately turning the discourse from a disagreeable topic i have been absent for six weeks quite a strange thing for me who am so wedded to london and you are one of the very first of my friends on whom i call all day long i have been paying hurried visits to my patients and now i come to sit a couple of hours with you i suppose you have plenty of news for me none of any consequence beyond the sphere of my own affairs in this place answered the black you are of course aware that the earl has made esther an offer of his hand to be sure my dear friend interrupted lascelles that engagement was contracted you remember two or three weeks before i left london when summoned to brighton but i presume that the earl is still ignorant of all my proceedings exclaimed the black finishing the sentence for the physician yes he remains completely in the dark respecting everything the time may however soon come when he shall be made acquainted with all and then i do not think he will blame me far from it cried lascelles emphatically he doubtless owes you his happiness if not his life for there is no telling what that miscreant old death might not have done to gratify 
his frightful cravings for vengeance the monster exclaimed the physician indignantly he would even have inflicted the most terrible outrages and wrongs upon the amiable esther and the generous-souled lady hatfield in order to wound the heart of the earl and yet i do not despair of reforming that man bad as he is observed the black reform the devil cried the doctor but i will not anticipate by any hasty opinion of mine the explanations which you are going to give me by the by have you had any intelligence relative to that mr torrens yes answered the black esther received a letter from his daughter rosamond a few days ago the poor girl and her father were on their way to switzerland where they intended to settle in some secluded spot the old gentleman is worn down and spirit-broken and rosamond states that she is afraid he is oppressed with some secret care beyond those with which she is acquainted and your man jeffreys said lascelles interrogatively the next time you visit hackney doctor should your professional avocations take you to that suburb replied the blackamoor forget not to look out for the most decent grocer's shop in mare street and over the door you will see the name of john jeffreys he entered the establishment only a few days ago and i believe he is a reformed man i tried his fidelity as well as his steadiness in many ways during the last two months and i have every reason to entertain the best hopes relative to him at all events he has every chance of earning an honest and good living for he has purchased an old established business which wilton previously ascertained to be a profitable concern have you heard or seen anything lately of our friend sir christopher blunt inquired the physician laughing as he spoke i have not seen him since that memorable night when he fulfilled the duties of a magistrate in this room answered the black smiling but i have occasionally heard of him he is so puffed up with pride in consequence of the importance which he derived from his adventure here that he looks upon himself as a perfect demigod by the by i saw an advertisement in this day's paper announcing the speedy publication of the life and times of sir christopher blunt by jeremiah lickspittle esq with numerous portraits and containing a mass of interesting correspondence between the subject of the biography and the most eminent deceased men of the present century so ran the advertisement at which you of course laughed heartily exclaimed the doctor but here is caesar with the wine and long enough he has been in fetching it up too the lad made some excuse placed the decanters and glasses on the table and then withdrew now for the promised explanations my friend cried the physician as he helped himself to the purple juice of bordeaux first began the blackamoor i shall speak to you of the six prisoners generally or rather of my system as applied to them my belief originally was that bad men should become to a certain extent the reformers of themselves through the medium of their own thoughts it is not sufficient i reasoned within myself that criminals should be merely placed each night in a situation to think and reflect and then enjoy the light of the glorious day again a night's meditations may be poignant and provocative of a remorse of a salutary kind but when the day dawns the mind becomes hardened again and all disagreeable redactions fly away the most guilty wretches fear not spectres in the daytime tis in the darkness and silence of the night that phantoms haunt them in a word then the natural night is not long enough to make an 
impression so deep that the ensuing day cannot easily obliterate it good exclaimed the physician i follow you attentively these considerations resumed the black led me to the conclusion that a wicked man's thoughts could only be rendered available as a means to induce sincere repentance and excite a permanent remorse by extending their train to a long long period if a night of a few short hours duration would produce a very partial and limited effect upon the mind of a criminal i reasoned why not make a night of many weeks and hope for a proportionately grand and striking result accordingly i resolved to subject those six prisoners to the test and i will now give you a detailed account of the consequences proceed said the physician i am becoming deeply interested the six prisoners were each placed in a separate cell and not allowed any light in the first instance continued the blackamoor each dungeon was plainly but comfortably furnished and every evening they were supplied with a sufficiency of food for four-and-twenty hours they were ordered to perform their ablutions regularly under pain of having their meat stopped and you may be sure that they did not fail to obey the command twice a week the men were shaved by one of my people and twice a week also they were supplied with clean linen the woman was of course provided with additional changes and as her health was more likely to suffer than that of the men i allowed her to walk up and down the long subterranean for two hours each day watched by wilton so that she might not communicate with either of the prisoners but i am now about to enter on details connected with each individual the physician drew his chair a little closer to the black tidmarsh was the first who showed any signs of contrition resumed the latter he could not endure that one long endless night into which i had plunged him a night interrupted only by the short and regular visits of myself or my people he was ever alone with his own thoughts which no intervals of a long day broke in upon the impression created by his thoughts was ever in his mind the continuous night kept that impression there by degrees he began to see the error of his ways and when his thoughts were on one occasion intolerable and his imagination was filled with frightful images he had recourse to prayer the next time i visited him he assured me that his prayers had relieved him but that he could not sufficiently settle his mind to pray so often as he desired that was the moment to give this man a light and i did so at the same time i offered him his choice between the bible and a tale-book and he chose the former with unaffected readiness had he selected the latter i should have seen that he craved for amusement only and he would have had neither lamp nor books until he had gone through a farther ordeal of his lonely thoughts in utter darkness well this tidmarsh by the aid of the light was enabled to study the bible and settle his soul to prayer but a continual and unvaried perusal of the bible is calculated to render the mind morbid and convert a sinner into a grossly superstitious fanatic accordingly when i saw that tidmarsh began to grow gloomy which was in a very few days i gave him books of travels and voyages and his soul was refreshed by the change the improvement in that man was far more rapid than i could have possibly anticipated during my visits to him i tested his sincerity in a variety of ways by means of questions so artfully contrived 
as to admit of two kinds of answers namely one kind hypocritical and the other sincere and at the same time implying a sort of promise of release if the hypocritical reply were given but i found him straightforward and truly conscientious in his answers in due time i allowed him such novels as the vicar of wakefield paul and virginia elizabeth or the exiles of siberia to read but i found that he preferred the travels voyages and biographies of good or great men indeed scarcely six weeks had elapsed from the date of that man's incarceration in the dungeon when i felt convinced that he was so far a reformed character as to be anxious to earn an honest livelihood if he were only afforded the chance then i removed him from his dungeon and lodged him in a room upstairs he was still in reality a prisoner because any attempt to escape on his part would have been immediately detected so narrowly yet secretly was he watched to him however it must have seemed that he was free but he never evinced the least inclination to avail himself of the apparent liberty which he enjoyed every circumstance spoke in that man's favour and the night before last he was sent off in company with one of my dependents to portsmouth whence they embarked together for the little island of alderney where tidmarsh is to settle in a small way of business to establish which the means will be found him my retainer will remain for a few weeks or perhaps months so as thoroughly to watch his conduct and if during that period and in a place where there are no evil temptations he manifests an uniform steadiness of conduct i think we may safely calculate that there is no fear of a relapse and all this has been effected in two short months exclaimed the physician with a tone and manner indicative of mingled surprise and admiration i could scarcely have believed it possible listen to my next case doctor said the black and you will see that my system is most salutary i shall speak of the two bunces collectively the man bunce i always looked upon rather as a soft-pated hen-pecked fool than a radically wicked fellow and accordingly the moment he began to exhibit very serious alarm and horror at being alone and in the dark i gave him a lamp and the bible the length of night which i made him endure was not more than two-thirds of a week in respect to his wife the first demonstration of repentance which she showed was in a desire to speak to her husband if only for a few minutes and through the trap-door of his cell of course i issued orders that the request should be complied with and it was evident that the woman derived comfort from this indulgence next day she was permitted to converse with him at the trap-door for nearly half an hour and then she was overheard begging his pardon for the ill-treatment which he had so often endured at her hands for many many successive days this short intercourse was allowed them and on one occasion toby bunce read her a few verses from the bible he being in his cell with the lamp and she standing outside his door in the dark subterranean passage the manner in which she received the passage thus read to her induced me to order that she also should be provided with a light and a testament for the night which she endured and which could scarcely be said to have been even interrupted by the daily walk in the dark passage was just three weeks it gave me pain dr o it gave me pain i can assure you to punish that woman so severely but her mind was very obdurate her heart very hardened and darkness was long before it produced on her the effect which i desired at length a few days after she had been allowed a lamp and a little more than one month ago i yielded to her earnest entreaties that she might be lodged with her husband then what a change had taken place in her she was tamed completely tamed no longer a vixenish 
shrew but questioning her husband mildly and in a conciliating tone relative to the passages of the bible or the travels and other instructive books which he had read to her good feelings appeared to establish themselves rapidly between this couple i had them put to several tests on one occasion wilton persuaded toby bunce that he was not looking very well and some little luxury was added to the evening's supply of food it being intimated that the extra dish was expressly for himself wilton remained near the cell and listened to what passed within bunce insisted upon sharing the delicacy with his wife and she would not hear of such a proposal he urged his offer she was positive and in this point she once again showed a resolution of her own but not in a manner to give her husband offence the very next day this was a week ago i had the pair removed to a chamber overhead giving them the same apparent chance of escape as in the case of tidmarsh they did not however seek to avail themselves of it and yesterday evening they were separated again but only for a short time in fact bunce was last night sent off to southampton in company with one of my people and thence they doubtless embarked for the island of sark this morning mrs bunce will leave presently guarded by my faithful dependent harding and his wife who will not only take her to rejoin her husband in the little islet opposite guernsey but will also stay with them there for a period of six months bunce will follow his trade as a tailor harding finding a market for the clothes which he makes in st peter's port which is the capital of guernsey as you are well aware so far so good exclaimed the physician highly delighted with these explanations should your system produce results permanently beneficial you may become a great benefactor to the human race for it is assuredly far better to reform the wicked by a course of a few weeks training by playing upon their feelings in this manner than to subject them to the contamination of a felon's jail and inflict years of exile under circumstances which are utterly repugnant to all hopes of reformation but pray answer me one question should either of these bunces or tidmarsh choose to resist the control and authority of your dependents who have charge of them at present and should any one of those quasi-prisoners demand their unconditional freedom how can your men exercise a power or sway over them these quasi-prisoners as you term them answered the black have not as a matter of course the least idea who i really am their minds somewhat attenuated by their incarceration and all the mysterious circumstances of their captivity are to a certain extent overawed they know that they have been and still believe themselves to be in the power of one who wields an authority which they cannot comprehend and fear alone if no better motive therefore renders them tractable this ensures their obedience and their silence at least for the present eventually when they again become accustomed to freedom they will find themselves placed in a position to earn an honest and very comfortable livelihood care being taken to keep alive in their minds the conviction that the business which produces them their bread and enables them to live respectably only remains their own so long as they prove worthy of enjoying its advantages now my calculations and beliefs are these people who have entered upon a course of crime continue in it because it is very difficult and often impossible to leave it for honest pursuits but when once they have experienced the dreadful effects of crime and are placed in a way to act and labour honestly very few indeed would by choice relapse into evil courses therefore i conclude and hope that the bunces on the one hand and tidmarsh on the other will if from mere motives of policy and convenience alone steadily continue in that honest path in which they are now placed 
and the advantages of which they will soon experience good again said that doctor if your calculations only applied to six criminals out of ten you would be effecting an immense good by means of your system but i hope and indeed am inclined to believe that the proportion in your favour is even larger i am certain that it is answered the blackamoor well i now come to timothy splint the man who as you may remember was the actual assassin of sir henry courtenay if you succeed in redeeming that fellow exclaimed the physician i shall say that your system can have no exceptions stay though he cried a thought striking him i had forgotten old death ah my dear friend you may as well endeavour to tame the boa constrictor as to reform that dreadful man you shall hear of him in his turn said the black his tone assuming a slight degree of mournfulness as if he were less satisfied in respect to the application of his system to old death than in either of the other cases for the present he observed you must have patience enough to listen to certain details relative to timothy splint go on my dear friend cried dr lascelles i am all attention and patience too for that matter your narrative is too interesting to be tedious timothy splint continued the blackamoor appeared to suffer more horribly from the darkness than all the others the spectre of the murdered baronet was constantly by his side and even prevented him from committing self-destruction for a whole month did his night continue and during that period he must have endured the most frightful mental tortures this was all the better such a state of mind naturally drove the man to pray and prayer relieved him i remember how touchingly although in his rude style he assured me one evening that when he prayed the spectre grew less and less now notwithstanding i was well pleased to find him in this frame of mind i did not choose to encourage superstitious notions and therefore i explained to him that the only apparitions which existed were those that were conjured up by a guilty conscience at the expiration of i think exactly thirty-one days i allowed this man a light and a bible then i pursued the same treatment with him as in respect to tidmarsh and the bunces i mean i gave him books of travels and voyages and moral tales he seemed very grateful not only seemed but really was and his hard heart was melted by my kind treatment a few days ago he gave me the outlines of his early life and i found that circumstances had driven him into the ways of crime his reformation was therefore all the easier because he had a youth of innocence to look back upon and regret he moreover assured me that even with his late companion in crime josh pedlar he had frequently spoken in mournful mood of the unhappiness which often marks the hours of men of lawless character and all these circumstances tended to give strength and consistency to his declarations that he longed deeply longed to have an opportunity of earning an honest livelihood for the future what to do with him i scarcely knew whenever i reflected on this subject i remembered that he was a murderer stained with the blood of a fellow-creature and his case was therefore widely different from that of the bunces and tidmarsh at length it struck me that emigration to a far distant land was the only fitting course to adopt and i proposed it to him he was rejoiced at the idea for he instantly saw how by changing his name and commencing the world anew in another sphere he should be removed from old haunts where either unpleasant reminiscences would be awakened or temptations present themselves moreover he beheld the necessity of repairing to some part of the earth where he stood no chance of being recognized by either friend or foe 
his consent to my proposed arrangement being thus obtained and all his best hopes and feelings being warmly enlisted in the plan i had then to ascertain whether any one of my dependents would consent to accompany such a man on a long voyage and to a far-off clime fortunately my inquiries amongst my retainers were followed by success and at a very early hour this morning timothy splint and his guardian or rather companion set off for liverpool thence to embark for the united states there in the backwoods of the far west let us hope that this man this murderer whom the savage law would have hanged and the blackamoor shuddered as he pronounced the word let us hope i say that timothy splint will some day rise into a substantial farmer and that he may yet live to bless the period when he went through the ordeal of the subterranean dungeon the black paused and drank a glass of the cooling claret for his mouth had grown parched by the simple fact of giving utterance to that one word on which he shudderingly laid so great an emphasis the physician who appeared to guess full well what was passing in his mind made no remark and in a few moments the other continued his explanations in the ensuing manner i now come to joshua pedler his disposition is naturally savage and brutal and a long night of darkness produced on him effects which varied at different periods his thoughts were dreadful to him and sometimes when i visited him he would at first speak ferociously but a kind word on my part immediately reduced him to meekness he had not been many days in the dungeon when doubtless encouraged by my manner towards him he told me that he was not only unhappy on his own account but also on that of a young woman whom he had married according to the rights of the vile class with which he had so long herded i immediately undertook to provide for the girl and pedlar really demonstrated a sincere gratitude you need scarcely be told that i kept my promise wilton sought her out and she was found in a state of starvation and despair a comfortable lodging was taken for her and when she was somewhat restored to health needlework was supplied her but all this was done without allowing her to believe that any other circumstance beyond a mere accidental discovery of her wretched condition had thus rendered her the object of wilton's charity the assurance which i gave pedlar that matilda was provided for had a most salutary effect upon his mind although he frequently afterwards showed signs of savage impatience the tenor of his thoughts was chiefly a regret that he had been so foolish as to pursue an evil career he reproached himself for the folly of his wickedness rather than for the wickedness itself he disliked solitude and darkness but was not so much influenced by fears as his late companion splint during the first month he remained in darkness and never once spoke to me of prayer two or three times he alluded to the bible but did not express a wish to read it at last he admitted to me his conviction that the thoughts which oppressed him were beneficial to him though most unpleasant i fancied this to be a favourable opportunity to test his worthiness to receive some indulgence i accordingly asked him if he would like to be able to write to matilda my calculation was just i had touched him in a vulnerable point and he was that night allowed a lamp and writing materials moreover on that very occasion he shed tears and i no longer despaired of taming the last remnants of ferocity which lingered in his nature a few days afterwards he gave me a letter to send to matilda of course i opened and read it for it was to obtain a precise insight into the real state of his mind that i had suggested the correspondence with his mistress the contents of that document confirmed the hopes i already entertained of him and i saw that his affection for that young woman might be made a most humanizing means in respect to him 
i accordingly had her brought into this house and lodged in one of the attics then i broke to her as gently as possible the fact that joshua pedler was my prisoner i shall not pause to describe her joy at receiving intelligence concerning him suffice it to say that she read his letter with tearful eyes and gladly consented to reply to it in the evening i took her answer to the prisoner and he wept over it like a child i then knew that his reformation was a certainty two or three days afterwards he begged me to allow him a bible and his request was of course complied with the correspondence that passed between him and matilda was frequent and lengthy and that he might feel himself under no restraint i assured him that i neither saw his letters nor his replies twas a falsehood on my part but a necessary and therefore an innocent one for i did peruse all this correspondence and matilda was aware of the fact by which i was enabled to watch the gradual but sudden change that was taking place in the mind of that man at length i perceived that i might in safety think of providing for him elsewhere and i was as much embarrassed how to accomplish this aim as i was in the case of timothy splint but in the midst of my bewilderment i happened to notice an advertisement in a daily newspaper stating that by a particular day two men or a man and his wife were required to undertake the care of eddystone lighthouse you may start with surprise doctor you may even smile but i assure you that this advertisement appeared most providentially to concur with the object i had in view without a moment's delay i spoke to matilda respecting the matter and she expressed her readiness to follow my advice in all things so long as there was a prospect of her being reunited to josh pedler her consent being procured it was no difficult task to obtain that of the man on the contrary he accepted the proposal with joy and thankfulness wilton soon made the necessary inquiries and arrangements and at this moment joshua pedler and the young woman are the sole inmates of the eddystone lighthouse thus my dear friend said the physician counting the names of the persons upon his fingers you have disposed of tidmarsh and alderney the bunces are to go to sark splint is bound as an emigrant to the far west and joshua pedler is on the eddystone rock and pedler is the only one who is unaccompanied by an agent of mine observed the black because matilda is a good young woman and i can rely upon her moreover i should tell you that i procured a license for them and wilton saw them legally married at plymouth before they embarked for the lighthouse i congratulate you upon the success of your projects thus far said the physician it is truly wonderful how admirably you have managed thus to redeem and as satisfactorily dispose of some of the greatest villains that ever lurked in the low dens of this metropolis but now my friend i wish to hear something of that arch miscreant old death at this moment the door opened and one of the black's dependents entered the room the woman bunce sir he said is most anxious to communicate something to you before she quits london she declares that she has a secret preying upon her mind a secret exclaimed the black yes sir a secret which she says she must reveal to you as it is too heavy for her heart to bear she cried a great deal and implored me to come to you doctor said the blackamoor after a few moments profound reflection you know wherefore i do not wish that woman to behold my features even though they be thus disguised during her incarceration i never spoke to her save through the trap of her dungeon door and since she has been an inmate of the house i have not visited her it will be as well to continue this precaution do you then hasten to her and receive the confession whatever it be which she has to make willingly replied lascelles and he followed the servant from the room End of section two.